0: Same or same or the most of the animals. Welcome to the Word of a King podcast. It's where culture
1: clashes with our calling, where preaching is more important than popularity, where we rightly divide and properly apply the scriptures, where we put to rest common and controversial issues. We do this by looking
0: to the Word of a King.
1: The key to understand the word of God is for the author to show you what the thing says.
0: If you understand that book, you get for the author. Then he opened that understanding. Amen, amen. Welcome back to another episode of the Word of a King podcast. I am your host, Chad Reese, and with me is the co-host, Brother Brian Bean. Looking forward to getting into this next episode. But before we do, I just wanted to mention a couple meetings that are going to be uh, coming up here soon. The first one is Pastor Butterfield at Open Door Baptist Church in Canton, Ohio. He's going to have Pastor Donovan and Pastor Peacock in. I'm sure that's (laughs) going to be a wonderful meeting. Um, And so those dates are February 4th through February 6th. And again, so if you get an opportunity, uh, you're in the area close to Canton, Ohio, I guarantee it will be worth your drive. And we went to that last year and brought the youth, and it was a wonderful time. And uh, so I would love to be at the meeting where Brother Peacock and Brother Donovan are preaching. A
1: lot of firepower.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And they're both preaching both services. So if you can make it there, even just one or two services, you get to hear them both. Yeah, so.
0: not not many times, I'm, I'm sure it happens, but not many times uh, they're going to both be at the conference preaching both nights, or I mean, both services, all the services, both preachers. So yeah, that would be a good conference. Another one uh, is Brother Andrew Sluter's conference in March, March 21st through 24th. So if you're around the Asheville, North Carolina area, um, that's a good conference to go to. Now we got a very large group that will be going. We're going to be bringing our teams there but we got some folks that are going to be just getting their own you know place and traveling with us Um same time but i think our count's up to about 27 maybe 28 people traveling mm-hmm. looking forward to that
1: yeah oh yeah that'd be a great time
0: yeah absolutely
1: never been to brother sluter's church so
0: well it's it's a blessing uh mm-hmm. brother sluter's a blessing so again uh march 21st to march 24th if you're around the asheville north carolina area Encourage you to come out and join us. We'll be there, and looking forward to uh, going to that meeting and just the fellowship. I really enjoy traveling with our youth and just uh, investing in them. I'm glad they're excited about the things of God.
1: Yeah, it's pretty rare.
0: Yeah, (laughs) today. (laughs) And uh, so I don't know, brother. Just uh, we're going to get into this in just a moment. But uh, anything on your, you know, heart, mind? Anything you want to say before we get into the subject today? no <laughs> it's an awkward moment from yeah yeah so very
1: rare i'm mean, gonna never have awkward moments no, no no i'm excited about the word i I just i don't love it like i should but i was i got this book from cornelia stam and was studying that in preparation and procrastinator that i am i pretty much had to read 200 and something pages last night by from seven to midnight i finished it and made notes and wrote all this stuff down and i was in the shower this morning before I came here and I was just thinking, I was thinking God like, Lord, I'm just so happy that I'm able to have the time to, Amen. I'm not in the ministry, but I have, you know, 10, 15, 20 hours a week or so to study the word of God, to be ministry of the word. And for a lighthouse Bible Institute Amen. where I spend a lot of time and usually it's a labor of love yeah. and it's a blessing just, that the Lord has allowed me to do it with just everything in my life and where I've been, and Amen. it's a blessing to use my training and the gifts the Lord gave me and the perfect King James Bible yeah. just to study and labor in the Word. It's it's just a blessing. I hope the viewers out there look at it the same way to just some of these topics we cover that to love the Word of God and yeah. just stand in awe, like David said, in awe of Thy Word. So,
0: Amen, brother. And uh, I know I know what you meant, but uh, I would say I kind of disagree with you. So you said in the ministry. I know what you mean by that, or what you meant. Just, you know, obviously don't necessarily have a title and you're not full time. But as the folks at Lighthouse know, your brother, we, we appreciate you. You're an integral part of what's going on at Lighthouse uh, Baptist Church there in Lincoln Park. Um, You're one of two teachers, (laughs) praise the Lord, for (laughs) Lighthouse Bible Institute. And so um, not only that, uh, you know, out there street preaching with us, door knocking with us, um, and then, you know, filling in the pulpit, Sunday school and uh, uh, whenever needed. So appreciate it, brother. And I say you're very much in the ministry, especially there at Lighthouse (laughs) and what you do. And uh, it's a blessing you're able to relocate a closer you uh quit your job and uh you know now you have more time all for the ministry he didn't do that just because you know he wanted to he did it for the ministry so i say you are in the ministry maybe one day the lord will Amen. open more doors <laughs> and make it uh, so you could live more off the gospel as the bible teaches but we're thankful for you brother so with that said we won't you know kind of waste any more time i guess i don't (laughs) think it was wasting time Uh, i'm excited to get into this subject i think this subject is important and this is part two of fundies ruckmanites and hypers but really we're going to focus on mid-axe hyper dispensationalists and again i know they hate that term (laughs) and i'm not saying it just what do they want
1: What, what do they want to be called?
0: I'm not sure, brother. I'm not sure. But they, they <laughs> hate the label hypers. But we truly believe they are hypers. So that's why we give them that label. But as we mentioned last uh, podcast, the folks call us Ruckmanites too. They're all like you know names or what they would consider derogatory. I don't find that name derogatory. And you want to call me Ruckmanite, so be it. Yeah, whatever. Uh, but we want to focus on mid-axe hyper dispensationalists. And we're going to deal with the Bible on this episode and deal with subjects that pertain to this teaching, and hopefully by the end of it, give you enough to see why it is an error. But I was listening to Brother Dennis Knowles preach the other day, and it was good preaching. I'm looking forward to him coming to the Awake Bible Conference in June, and boy, he just started hammering hyper-dispensationalism. Oh, good. Oh, Yeah. And he was talking about how they'll kill a church, and you know they're they're more concerned with their intellect and mind and arguing about uh, the little flock and you know different doctrines. And hmm. but you know I I we, I know we mentioned this, and I don't want to be too redundant. But again, there's a reason Dr. Ruckman, in all his wisdom, mm-hmm. the very first day of class sat down and warned us about hyper dispensationalists. And Brother Brian, maybe just for a minute or two, again, I know we talked about this. But what is your experience? What what do you know? And why do you think that warning's there? What what's why why should we be concerned or why should we even spend time teaching on this subject and warning our listeners and viewers about hyper dispensationalists?
1: Well, Jesus Christ said, Ye shall know them by their fruits, and the fruit of getting caught up in these movements is rotten. <laughs> it's a non-evangelical spirit, it's a heady, high-minded spirit that um just resist preaching and I know that from experience from being around these guys I know that from hearing about guys who were once street preaching on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ and then they get a hold of this ultra bookish extra yeah. biblical division and all that and then they quick well they teach doctrinally you don't confess your sins so your fellowship is pretty rotten and if you teach you don't confess your sins mm-hmm. then it leads to it just leads to a milky watery sinful life and it just keeps getting worse and worse you keep getting dirtier and dirtier and dirtier and a dirty christian isn't of much use for the lord right and it it just becomes study and study and comparing and it it's just a the fruit of it's pretty rotten yeah they don't like preaching these churches all they do is teach 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 which praise the lord you got to teach i'm a teacher Um, that's part of the ministry is teaching pastors and teachers but you need to preach, which is hey, reprove, man. rebuke, exhort yeah. with all long suffering and doctrine. We need preach that. Paul preached. Read his epistles. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what these guys are reading. They're Paul, Paul, Paul. Right. But Paul preached. He rebuked. He corrected people. He told them to confess. He told them to judge themselves daily. He told them to cleanse themselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. I just went through and... Institute with uh, standing in state, and staying. I was showing them, and most of these verses were Paul about how your standing or your state can be dirty, and you need to repent. Paul used those words, but they ignore that. But be that as it may, it's just yeah. the fruit of hyper dispensationalism as hyper Calvinism is rotten fruit. You won't be evangelical. You're going to live a dirty life, and it's just going to be all study, 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 and you, you end up out of church or yeah, yeah not good.
0: Yeah. So I I think that's a good summary. And again, you said that was from your experience. I I only bring that up because I guarantee you there is some hyper dispensational out there that loves the Lord. I'm sure there's, and I'm not saying the other ones don't, and I'm sure they live a clean life. And I'm sure there may be even a high dispensational church that preaches, but, but here's the point. That's the exception, right? And the exception
1: proves the rule,
0: rule. (laughs) (laughs) you know? So, so again, I, and this was what Brother Dennis Knowles was preaching, and I thought it was so good. He was actually doing his, I don't know if it was Sunday night or Wednesday night, but he's going verse by verse, and he's in 2 Timothy chapter 4. And he says, you know, Paul's coming to the end of his life, and he's going to give young Timothy a charge. Last words. Something that, you know, he knows his time is short, and he wants Timothy to get a hold of. Obviously, 2 Timothy 4.1, he says, I charge thee, therefore, before God. And the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Now here's the charge. Preach the word. Hmm. <laughs> Notice he didn't say teach the word. Yeah. He says preach the word. And you went or on to quote this. Yeah. Then Sherry didn't say grace, grace, grace. He <laughs> didn't say one body, one body, one body. <laughs> he says, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. And so I even had some folks interacting a little bit online, and as soon as they got caught up, I'm telling you, as soon as they got caught up in this hyper-dispensationalist teaching, they started criticizing Bible-believing preachers. Mm -hmm. You say, for what? Preaching. Oh, they're always critical, they're preaching, and that's why they're wrong. See, that's what that spirit leads to. It leads to resisting preaching. But this was the charge that the apostle to the Gentile leaves with young Timothy, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long, long suffering and doctrine. So anyways, this, it is important. There is a danger there. There's, there's this uh, intellect. And um, I, I believe this is true. I want to see if you concur with this statement. Wouldn't you say for the most part that teaching deals with the mind and intellect? Right, where preaching deals with the heart and emotions. Generally, yes. generally, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. I'm saying if you were to classify, if you know, you preach, you really you, you're dealing with someone's life, their heart, how they're living, their emotions, and it's not so much the intellect and knowledge. And, and this is why a good church will have both. Right, you need sound doctrine, the pastors to be apt to teach.
1: And I think that that's one of the reasons. Look, look throughout his church history. Of over hundreds of years the, the people the Lord used they weren't Ruckmanites, they weren't rightly dividers they weren't even Baptists they weren't even a lot of them have tons of heresy well how can the Lord and I'm all about teaching <laughs> Amen. how can the Lord bless these people whose doctrine was all messed up because they love Jesus Christ right. that's the emotion that's the conviction that's right. getting reproved rebuked that's their heart they love Jesus Christ and want to serve them and you can if you got good preaching now again I'm all about teaching right. I'm, I'm all about doctrine 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 but if you love Jesus Christ and want to serve him and have got some basic doctrines down, that that's what'll affect you for your service for the Lord and, and producing fruit and works okay. and all that good stuff. Where teaching, you can have right teaching, and a right. lot of people have the teaching right and they don't do anything for the Lord. So that's it. not that's that like it's not important, but
0: one's intellect, Yeah. one's heart. And and again, so a false balance of the abomination of the Lord. We believe in teaching we do a lot of it at lighthouse baptist church we have a bible institute we teach you know on wednesday nights and sunday afternoons but we sure do do a lot of preaching too and so there is a balance there you do and and uh, yeah <laughs> but um but i think you know you raise a good point you look at some of these preachers that god used yeah the first great awakening the second great awakening uh, you look at you know billy sunday and some of these other preachers and you know, you don't sit down and say, man, they were just wonderful teachers, and they, you don't go to them for all their doctrine. But they sure shook the world, see, because they loved the Lord Jesus Christ, and they preached. And not only does the lost world need preaching, Christians need preaching. Mm-hmm. A yeah. You can exhort, you know. So. Yep. Uh, anyway, so I just want to kind of touch the basis, why we believe this is important. Uh, I think there's two things. I agree with Dr. Oakman. There's two things that will kill a bible believing church. Calvinism and hyper-dispensationalism, and uh, so I stand firm against both. Um, but now let, let's let's actually get into the Bible. Let's talk some doctrine instead of just kind of our philosophy or thoughts or what we think. Um, uh, you know, those are good conversations, but where the real proof is is in the Word of God. So I want to make this general statement that we're going to look at the Word of God and see if it's true or why it's not. But basically a mid-acts hyper dispensationalist believes that the body of Christ starts with Paul, and Paul gets all these revelations of these mysteries. And once he gets these revelations of these mysteries, and then all those things prior that existed prior, they cease. And you know, he's the apostle of the Gentiles. And but the body of Christ doesn't start until Paul is saved. On a, on a kind of a big picture, is there anything else you want to add that they really, like, you know, their foundation? Any other kind of summary about that?
1: That's pretty good. Right, let's, that let's and that. the gospel was revealed to sure. Paul and nobody yeah. preached it.
0: Yeah, so that, that's why I was, um, want to make sure we add in there. So, yeah, so you have the gospel revealed to Paul. No one preaches it before him. The body of Christ, again, revealed to Paul. So there is no body of Christ before him. That means that no, that, that gospel is a different gospel if it's before Paul, and again, none of them are in the body of Christ. So let, let's begin with, did the church, and we'll define this, start before Paul? And so what's your thoughts, and kind of go any direction you want. I got some verses. You got some verses. We're talking just in general about the church, the body of Christ, and it, is, it, is it there before Paul?
1: It is there before Paul. I would say it started at Pentecost. Amen. The Holy Spirit baptized the believers in the body of Christ. Paul was given a lot of revelations of mysteries. But like he closed with last episode, just because the mystery wasn't revealed doesn't mean it wasn't there. And it was there at Pentecost. It started with Pentecost. The church started with Jesus Christ's death, burial, resurrection, and the giving of the Holy Spirit. Paul had nothing to do with the body of Christ as far as... It couldn't have been there till Paul. Paul was given mysteries and revelation of the mysteries, and that was it. And what the hyper does is reads into that, that it must not have started until Paul. wrong But, yeah, there's a bunch of reasons for that.
0: So, yeah, and, again, you're 100% right. We believe, obviously, Acts chapter 2 for sure, you know, that they're they're waiting for the promise of the Father. That promise of the Father, of course, we know, according to John 14, John 16— is the, the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, as the indwelling Holy Spirit inside of us. Uh, they're waiting for the promise of the Father. Pentecost happens, obviously it shows up. We know that uh, folks get saved and they're added to the church. Now, as you had mentioned, we believe once someone gets saved, they get put in Christ. They get put into Christ mm. and being put in Christ, they're put into his body. What verse would you show them that uh, you know if you're you, you're put into Christ?
1: First uh, Corinthians twelve thirteen. Sorry, yeah,
0: you're good.
1: <laughs> it says for by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. And Colossians one, which Paul talks about the mystery there of uh, that uh, it's Christ in you, right? The hope of glory.
0: Amen. So again, once you get saved, you get baptized into one body and and again that happens by one spirit that doesn't happen by water baptism that happens the day you receive christ you get baptized in one body by his spirit so again uh, for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body now before we move on to the body to clearly show that that one body is the body of christ Let's talk a little bit about, about being in Christ. Because I, I believe everything I've heard and read, and maybe you want to elaborate if you recall anything you read from the book you just finished, but uh, from Stan, I believe they teach that being in Christ doesn't mean you're in the body. So you want any <laughs> thoughts on that? Or where well, they, did just, they get that from They or? just
1: make it up. I don't... there's no distinction in the bible other than you got this extra biblical interpretation of peter and he's got a different gospel to a different group the little flock which is the mystery Uh, it's the kingdom of heaven earthly jewish church and then paul's preaching they have this extra biblical idea that's not in the bible and then they interpret in christ because it does say people were in christ before paul so they just say well that must be a different in christ right the bible didn't tell you that they just have to say that they have to say something
0: Correct, and the reason they have to say that is, as you just stated, because if they just simply read the Bible, as you said, Paul himself says there was people that were in Christ before him. That's Romans sixteen seven. Yep. And I'm going to probably mess up these names, but salute Andronicus and Junia, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners, who are note among the apostles, who also were in Christ before me. Now, again, we believe- It doesn't you, mean in Christ, though. Right, well, yeah, it's gotta be- or It says said, in Christ. <laughs> you know, so the conclusion you have to come to is that we are in Christ, which we know we're in Christ because we're baptized into his body by one spirit, 1 Corinthians 12, 13. But they get put in Christ, but they're not in his body. But again, there's no verse that states that. Um, so <laughs> if you interpret being put in Christ, then you for you're put into his body which is all the verses that seem you know that point that way and, and teach that they have to come up with this idea that being in christ means something else so they have this other group of people here's <laughs> what i would say they have us who are in christ which are in his body but they have a group of people who are in christ that are not in his body <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah so uh lots of verses on that.
0: Right. No. Let's cover them. Zero. We just did. <laughs> so there is no verses. So here uh we'll kind of we'll kind of transition a little bit about the church being the body of Christ. But I want to just reiterate. So what we see here, Paul clearly says that in Romans 16 7, there are individuals that are in Christ before him. And what we submit unto you that the day you got saved you were put in Christ. Why? Because you were baptized into his body. How? By one spirit. And so um, that's when you were put in Christ. In the moment you were put in Christ, you were put into his body. The mid acts hyper-dispensationalist says, no, 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 we got that wrong. Those individuals before Paul was saved are in Christ, but they're not in his body. There's no Bible for that, <laughs> no. but that's what they teach, and so that's kind of, you have to decide as listeners and viewers, this simple question, can you be in Christ, but not in his body? I trow not.
1: <laughs> I <laughs> well, Acts 2, I mean. verse 4 and 5, it says, when the Holy Spirit came, right. they were baptized with the Holy Ghost, which right. matches 1 Corinthians 12, 13, for by one spirit are you baptized baptized into one body right and they said John baptized with water but you shall receive but you should be baptized with the Holy Ghost
0: right that's the contrast between water right and spiritual baptism
1: and at Pentecost they were baptized with the Holy Ghost right but I got stuff on John 17 on that good with uh, here's John 17 one other thing was that we might get to it might not I just read I ordered this book uh, from Cornelius Stamm I, I told the pastor here he's probably I would consider the ruckman of uh, the mid-acts people Died in two thousand and three. He was president of the Berean Bible Society. Very well respected man. But he's got prophecy versus mystery. Prophecy versus mystery. Prophecy is anything that's not Paul's writings, and the kingdom offer and all the, and a lot of this stuff is true. It was all pro, pro, it was prophesied. It was in the Old Testament. It was revealed. It wasn't a mystery. Everything Paul talked about was a mystery. So they got Paul. He's got this mystery of the indwelling Christ, of the body of Christ. That was the mystery. The 2000 year church age, that was the mystery. None of that is in prophecy. Search in vain, you'll never find one verse. I found a bunch of verses to prove they're wrong. (laughs) But one of them is John 17. This is Jesus Christ. He probably knows what he's talking about. He revealed the mysteries of Paul, so I'm just gonna assume Jesus Christ knows about these mysteries. John 17, that they all may be one. This is his prayer to God. As thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us. That's not for the church. Well, I say it is for the church, but they would say this is not for the church. This is prophecy. This isn't a mystery. Paul is mystery. Nobody knew anything until Paul showed up. Anything Paul knew, nobody knew it until Paul showed up. That's their whole thing. Well, Jesus Christ knew it and talked about it. That the world may believe thou hast sent me, and the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them that they may be one, even as we are one. And in John fourteen seventeen, talking about the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ said, he shall be in you mm. that 100 matches paul yeah that's to the 12 that's the jewish believers and it's the the fulfillment is at pentecost right they're creating two things out of something that's not they're just making up stuff that's the same thing as paul
0: yeah, he says there john Johnny says about about the holy spirit holy ghost he said he's with you but he shall be in you right and, and again so there is this distinction and i won't take a lot of time to talk about it we know that the holy ghost obviously I'm sorry, the Bible doesn't call it the Holy Ghost in the Old Testament, and I believe the reason it's revealed in the New Testament is the Holy Ghost, because he permanently resides in us. But what I was going to say, we do know the Holy Spirit did go in people, right? But the distinction that he's with you and shall um, shall be in you, the distinction there is that in the Old Testament, he would come and go. He would go in someone and he would leave, And the distinction is the promise of the Father is he shall be in you. That's a permanent indwelling Holy Spirit. And I believe that's why it's called the Holy Ghost, because the Spirit takes up a bodily Mm. residence inside the New Testament believer. And that's the permanent indwelling Holy Spirit. And so going back a little bit, and I'll let you pick back up about, and you're just showing how obviously that's ludicrous to say none of this was known outside of Paul's mysteries. Um, When we get back to what we started with in Acts chapter 2 here about they received the promise of the Father, that's the permanent indwelling Holy Spirit, it says about 3,000 of them were added unto them. Hmm. Well, what does that mean? Well, if you read how the chapter concludes in verse 47, it says, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church. See, added unto them, those 3,000 souls, was the Lord added to the church. And so that kind of goes to where we are headed is, well, they received the Holy Ghost, where they were added unto them. We already seen that some individuals were in Christ before Paul. I would assume they would say these individuals were in Christ now that they've received the preaching of Peter. But he says they added unto the church. All right, so what is the church? I believe the church is clearly taught is the body of Christ, right? And so I'll give you a reference, and I didn't mean to kind of detract where you were going, but I just want to tie that back in with what you said about how the Holy Spirit shall be in you. Well, it is in Acts chapter two, and it's defined as that the Lord added unto them that's the apostles <laughs> that's important to dis- make that distinction and he says 3000 souls were added unto the church well according to Colossians chapter 1 verse 18 the church is the body the bible says in Colossians 1:18 and he is the head of the body comma the church who is the beginning the firstborn uh, the firstborn from the dead that in all things he might have the preeminence uh, Colossians one twenty four, who now rejoice in my suffering for you and filled up that which is beyond, behind of the affliction of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake. Again, which is the church. Now, turning back over to you, Brother Brian, but I find it so funny because they, the mantra of the Mid X is one body, one body, one body but they believe there's two bodies, (laughs) you know, you have, I guess the body outside of the church, the, the, you know, us, and then you have that early body, that early church. So, but the Bible is clear. If you're in Christ, then you are part of the body of Christ and the body of Christ is the church. And those early Christians, Acts chapter two were added unto the church. And so I don't know if you want to talk about what they believe that church is there in Acts chapter two, or if you want to talk about the body or wherever else you want to go.
1: You kind of mentioned it because I was going to give what they say. And that's obviously what, how they would respond. There's two different churches. There's the body of Christ that began with Paul. And then there's the kingdom church. It's Matthew 16, thou art Peter upon this rock I'll build my church. And I give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. They recognize a different church. Peter is part of the church of, it's a Jewish church preaching a different gospel, which we'll get into that later, gospel right. of the circumcision. And when Paul preaches the gospel of the uncircumcision, which is bunk, he's a damned, cursed heretic if he is doing that. Mm. But Peter is the pastor, or he's he's in charge of what they call the little flock. It's a Jewish church in Jerusalem. So they would say there's two different churches, but you know the problem with that. <laughs> yeah. First Corinthians 15, 9, Paul right. said that he persecuted the yeah. church of God right. and wasted it. Right. Now the hyper would say, Well, that's the different church of God. Hmm. And we know the problem with that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You just study that phrase. And again, this is the beauty of the Bible. This is how the Bible Amen. is written. When you know you have terms and phrases, just look them all up. Let the Bible define itself. Yes. And so just Get a concordance, if you don't know where they're at, and look up the church of God. And you'll come to the conclusion. Is what two the of church them? Of
1: God. They say there's two. Is there two?
0: No. <laughs> and, and so that is the problem. <laughs> um, so well, I don't know if you have the verse. I do. Yeah. 1 okay. Corinthians chapter 10, right. verse 32. Okay. <laughs> Paul writing um, to the Corinthians. And by the way, we were discussing this a little bit before, I mean, some of the mid-acts and Actually, Acts 28, folks will pick up on this. 1 Corinthians obviously is written sometime after Acts 18, but definitely before Acts chapter 28. And therefore, you know, he it's not his prison epistles. And, you know, they would try to say that he doesn't have all of his revelations yet and a bunch of other very convoluted comments and hard to even follow. But in 1 Corinthians 10, 32, Paul says there's three yeah. groups of people. Yep. Not for. Not for. He says in 1 Corinthians 10, 32, give no offense, neither to the Jews, those are lost Jews, nor to the Gentiles, those are lost Gentiles, nor to the church of God. Well, we know that when you're in Christ, you're in his body, which is the church, and in Christ, there's neither Jew nor Gentile. So that's talking about us. Right. You become part of the Church of God. But as you quoted, 1 Corinthians 15, 9, Paul said he persecuted the church of God. Not a church of God. The mm. church of God. One. That just alone like he, destroys their whole argument. Right. There is one church of God. <laughs> and Paul clearly states that in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 32. So this whole idea about a little flock another church of god paul himself disproves and that phrase church of god is found eight times and if you look at all eight times again you you'll you'll find out what it means but um here's uh, one of them acts eight i'm sorry acts 20 verse 28 take Mm. heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the holy ghost had made you overseers to Feed the church of God, which he had purchased with his own blood. Which church of God did he purchase with his own blood? Well, according to us, there's only one <laughs> church of God. Who do you, who would you say there to think this is? Probably, you know, because this is Paul here. so
1: and It's the Ephesian elders, so right. they'd have to say it's the body.
0: Right, it's the body. And so that's my point. So Acts twenty twenty eight is the body of Christ. It's us. So therefore, why would not, when Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, 9, when he said he persecuted the church of God, why would he not be referring to the body? And if he is referring to two different bodies and two different churches of God, don't you think Paul would have done a better job explaining that?
1: (laughs) Yeah, because chapter 10 that you quoted, Jew, Gentile, church of God, same book, chapter 15, he persecuted the church of God. Same book, same term. Right. It's obviously the same thing with the rest of what we're talking about.
0: Right. Other ones I just mention quickly, 1 Corinthians 1, 2, unto the church of God. Which which one is that?
1: Corinth. <laughs>
0: so that's obviously the body of Christ. Right. 1 Corinthians 10, 32, already quoted that, already discussed that. That one is obviously the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 11, 22, what have you not houses to eat and to drink in or despise ye the church of God? Which one is it? Is that the little flock or is that the body of Christ? Body. Body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 15.9. Well, this is the one that you started with. For I am the least of the apostles and I'm not meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Different one. That's a different one brother brian <laughs> how is that a different one now i know because it has about, to be right to fit their mindset to right. fit their doctrine that's how they do it but if you follow the rest of them all the way through it's the body of christ the body of christ no because Acts
1: seven he talks about the church in the wilderness and that's israel boom oh wait. gotcha
0: but it doesn't say the church of God. <laughs> right. Right. So obviously we as Bible leaders, God, again, put these phrases in here, these words in here on purpose. Let's go on to the next one. 2 Corinthians 1.1. Paul, an apostle, Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Tim- Timothy, our brother, unto the church of God. Which one? Is it the little flock or the body of Christ? The body of Christ. What about um, Galatians one thirteen? For you have... Heard of my conversation in time past in the Jewish religion, how beyond measure I persecuted the church of God. Again, they would take that reference, Galatians one thirteen, and 1 Corinthians 15.9, and they're going to say that's the little flock when none of the other verses, in Paul's using them, is talking about it. So just to fit their <laughs> doctrine, what they believe, they'll say that that's a different church, that that's not the body of Christ, although the Bible is very nope. clear—
1: no scripture on that and nope. they have scripture because they correctly acknowledge that the keys of the kingdom of heaven and what the the apostles preach a different message in the in the gospel and what this guy does throughout his book he quotes to prove peter's preaching different messages he goes to Acts two and three, which was a different message, we acknowledge it. We rightly divide. And he goes to Matthew sixteen, "Thou art Peter, upon this rock I build my church. I give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven." Well, Peter's not preaching that in Acts ten. Peter's not preaching that in Acts fifteen. Peter's not writing about that in First and Second Peter. They take that information and they try to apply it later on in the Book of Acts.
0: Sure.
1: So they're putting something that's not there. But it's crazy. Paul persecuted the Church of God. Right. In Acts two, they got the Holy Ghost. They were baptized in the Holy Ghost, and they were. They were in Christ before Paul.
0: Right. And they were added under the church.
1: But yet it's a special magical mystery church, which is nowhere in the Bible, right. other than going to Old, Old Testament, which until the earthly ministry of Christ was Old Testament. Right. They're preaching the kingdom of heaven, which they are. Right. They're not preaching the gospel. They are not. They don't know about the death, burial, resurrection. He's correct in that. They did not. In Acts 2, Peter does know about the resurrection, death, burial, resurrection. He preaches it he preaches it throughout the book of acts he preaches it to Cornelius the death burial resurrection but they take that they take stuff when they obviously know peter has more information but they're taking gospel verses and that's how they're coming up with this but yeah we've given you the evidence it's it's bunk yeah. on that thing
0: yeah and and again they take that i was like for reference i don't have it on hand i think it's in luke or whatever he, he calls them the little flock right so yeah the
1: father's good pleasure to give on you the kingdom
0: yeah and, and so the whole thing is again this is just basic rightly dividing Dispensation, you know, that is prior to the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. That is prior to receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. So to take that phrase that's <laughs> talking there, and then to interject it into Acts chapter two and carry it on. Right. To, you know, all the Jews and all the apostles, except for Peter, is ludicrous when you have eight other verses that talk about the church of God. Right? You have eight verses that talk about the church of God, and you can see in their context. Body of Christ, body of Christ, body of Christ. But since it doesn't fit their doctrine, they have to make it a different church and a different body. There was one other reference um, about the church of God 1 Timothy 3 5. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Again, do you think that's talking about that little flock? Or do you think that's, you know, church age, body of Christ? Obviously, Paul. Well, it's a
1: prison epistle. So actually, it might not be 1 Timothy. Whatever. (laughs) But
0: but the point is, obviously, he's not talking about the little Jewish flock as they would try to say. The phrase uh, church of God is clearly a reference to the church, which is the body of Christ. One church. One church. And two so, churches and made up. Yeah. And so, again, as much as they say, you know, one body, one body, one body, they actually believe in two, two bodies. bodies. Yeah, We say one body, one body, one body, and we believe in one body. <laughs> that is the church of God. Now, just to finish on this point and move on, Paul actually um, was the Lord Jesus Christ when Paul was persecuting the church, when he was mm. wrecking havoc on him. What is the Lord Jesus Christ saying to him?
1: That he was persecuting the little flock.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Right. No. (laughs) He said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest persecutest thou me?" me? And again, how is that him? Because it's his body, it's that one body, neither Jew nor Gentile. Again, 1 Corinthians 10.32 tells you there's three classes of people, the Jew, the Gentile, and the church of God. No four classes, (laughs) no church of God, and the little flock. But if they're consistent and honest, they would say at 1 Corinthians 10.13, that little flock still existed. So why doesn't Paul mention them? Mm. There's only three classes, not four. Good point. And so... Paul, when he wrecked havoc on the church, when he persecuted the church, when he laid it waste, he was persecuted Jesus Christ because that church was his body. Um, any other thing on that thought?
1: Yeah. Go ahead. That's one really good verse to close with. But I just finished Stan's book, like I said last night, and he says the kingdom offer was not officially retracted until the close of Acts 28. Until Acts 28, that's when the official close, the kingdom offer, the little flock, that's done. But until Acts 28, it's still going. Peter thinks the offer's still there and he's still preaching a kingdom gospel. So when Paul wrote 1 Corinthians, it's after Acts 18, because that's right. when he comes to Corinth and he talks about baptizing people when he was there. But it's before Acts 28, because Acts 28, the book of Acts ends, Paul is a prisoner. As 1 Corinthians is not a prison epistle. So he, what he said is 100% consistent with the Bible. If the little flock still exists, Paul would have mentioned it. He only mentioned three groups, not this little flock. Yeah. But I just want to mention Acts 5.14. It says believers were the daily added to the Lord. That would go along with the body. But I just want to read Ephesians 2. I think it's one of the greatest verses. Amen. Ephesians 2.16. And that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by Paul, having oh, no. By the cross, yeah. having slain the enmity thereby. Paul was given revelation, period. Right. That's it. They're, they're, they put so much emphasis on Paul. And came and preached peace to you which were far off and to them that were nigh. So we're talking about the body of Christ, did it start before Paul? For through him, we both have access by, not Paul, by the way, Jesus Christ. We both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now, therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, we were in the Old Testament, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Now, they try to make that too. And are built upon the foundation of Paul and Timothy and Titus. No, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles. Mm, That's good. And prophets which Judas and Silas were said to be prophets, New Testament prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. They would say that's two, we say it's one. Right. We're, there's one body, one church of God, the foundation was the apostles, if that's so, their whole, their whole thing is done, they're done. Amen. In whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord. There's no holy temple in the Old Testament. There's no holy temple in Acts chapter 2 of what they're saying is right. There's no holy temple during the earthly ministry of Christ. There's no holy temple in the millennium. The holy temple is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We are the temple of God. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you. That's a distinctly Pauline thing, according to them. That's what he's comparing to the apostles. To close it out with proof, verse 22, in whom ye, that's Ephesians, Gentiles, mystery, body, all that, also... What is also? The apostles. Yeah. Also are builded together, together with them, the apostles, not a separate flock. Together, also one, for inhabitation of God, that's a house, through the Spirit. Same exact thing, not two separate things.
0: Amen. So, and, uh, no, absolutely. The apostles
1: that, that, are there, they're the foundation.
0: Yeah. And, and again, that, that's just an excellent point. It didn't say the apostle, singular. No, the apostles are the foundation, and and again, it's so clear if you just see this that obviously when it talks about the church and the body of Christ, it doesn't point to Paul's conversion; it points back to the cross. Right? Exactly. That is the emphasis. The cross is the right. emphasis, and the not Holy Paul's Spirit. conversion. Right. And so then, so what happens? You see that foundation, which was what starts with the chief cornerstone, Christ. And then it's the apostles because they are the early church, and then obviously Paul. Then, of course, we build upon, and you know that's the whole thing in in First Corinthians chapter three, um, where it's talking obviously the judgment seat of Christ according to the grace of God, verse ten, which is given unto me as a wise master builder. I have laid the foundation, another build thereon, but let every man take heed how he build thereupon, for other foundations can no man lay than that is laid. What is it? which is Jesus Christ. He didn't say, which is me. See, that foundation starts with Jesus Christ. Well,
1: let me finish, but
0: he mentions this verse you just quoted and he says it's Paul. Which is ludicrous, it's Jesus Christ, and then you take that with what you just read in Ephesians 2.20, it's for 2.20, right? Yes. Yeah. It's the the foundations, the apostles, And then obviously Paul, because he's the least of the apostles, he's considered an apostle. And so that's that foundation. And then of course we build upon that. We don't start with Paul. We start with Jesus Christ (laughs) and then the apostles. And then of course we are the body of Christ. We are the church, but go ahead.
1: He's got Peter and Paul then both built upon the same foundation, but whereas the millennial church will be built. That's what they got Peter. this, This made up doctrine, the millennial church will be built upon our Lord as Israel's Messiah. The church of the present dispensation is built upon him as the glorified head of the body, rejected on earth, but exalted above all. So he's making it two when it's not. It says ye also. It's tying in together. There's no distinction here. But here's what he says about, meanwhile, God is building another house. So he's separating. This Cornelius stand, the Mid-Acts people, are making Peter and his little flock, and it's Jewish, and they got water baptism, but we don't do water baptism. They got this distinction. At least another or at least another part of the great compound structure referred to in Ephesians 2. The building of this house, the church of this age, was a secret which Peter and the 11 knew nothing about when they followed Christ as king, correct, and offered his kingdom in Israel. The plans and specifications for the building of the, this church were committed to Paul by the glorified Lord, according to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder. But here's my, here's my uh, thing with that. Peter is mentioned in Ephesians 2 as this wide master builder. And then later, uh, I'm not going to keep quoting this guy, sure. but later on, he says, is Paul boasting that he is the master one? No, no. He says, I am the apostle. He's saying, it's Peter. It's, it's Paul. It's Paul. It's Paul. It's Paul. But look at the context. He's he's totally wrong about that. He says, are, are you not a Paul? Are you not a Peter? Are you not Apollos? Right. So then neither is he that planeth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Paul's saying, I'm not any th- right. more special than Peter or Apollos. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. That's Apollos and Peter. Right. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor, year labors together with God, year. For other foundation can no man lay, which is Jesus right. Christ. Paul is making them the same. Right. He's making them totally the same, not different. He's taking it, takes the one verse out of context. Paul's the master builder.
0: I heard a a, a guy
1: making a distinction where it's not there, and it's actually the same.
0: Well, and not only is it not there, Paul tells you what the distinction is. The distinction is Jesus Christ. Right. (laughs) He tells you, he points you to. I actually heard a a guy who's who's hyper mid-acts, I think, and he talked about this chapter, and he literally said, Paul wasn't saying that, you know, you should, you know, I'm any different Paul or Paulus. He's not saying they should follow Jesus Christ. And he quoted, be followers of me. And he said what Paul is saying, all the division would have ended if they would have all just said I'm of Paul. So Paul wrote this <laughs> chapter to convince everyone that they should be of Paul. That's that's how the division would have ended. I don't see where you get that in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 at all. Wow. Like yeah, that's exactly what he was teaching.
1: Well, he even says some say I am of I have Apollos and I have Cephas and I have Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Correct. He's not saying Paul.
0: Right, because he says, Was Paul crucified to you for you? And obviously he's saying no. He's it's put himself on the Christ. same level. Exactly. Not a special But I literally heard yeah. one of these hypers defend this and say this dispute, all this argument would have ended if they would all just, you know, say, I am of Paul. So it wasn't that that, you know, I'm of Apollos. That was the error. They should have said, I'm of okay. Paul.
1: Yeah, that's that's what I get when I read it. Right.
0: Exactly not what we get. <laughs> anyway, so we kinda we kind of uh we've hopefully showed you that this is ludicrous this idea um, there is one body that body is the body of Christ there is there is that's the church and so you don't have you know this little flock this other church this other body you only have to come up with that if you have an idea you have a doctrine you have this teaching you got to look through the lens you got to create it to make your doctrine fit um, the Church of God is the the body of christ which paul persecuted and obviously the folks were in christ before paul that's all clear well amen it has been a wonderful podcast but we're out of time i just want to thank you for (laughs) watching the word of a king podcast and please tune in next episode as we'll pick up with this subject on mid-axe hyper dispensationalists but until then Do something for the Lord Jesus Christ.
1: The key to understand the word of God is for the author to show you what the thing says.
0: If you understand that book, you get for the author. Then he opened their understanding.